Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about happiness. And that's a trigger word for some people, it is for me anyway. But fortunately these days I can say that I'm happy more often than not. The ratio of happiness to unhappiness in my life has shifted drastically. When I was still living in my family's orbit and trapped in my trauma cycle, I was lucky if one out of every 100 days was a decent day. Now I can say that I'm happy most of the time. Of course, I absolutely still experience worry, stress, overwhelm, despair. I am prone to despair. I don't know if it's realistic to be entirely free of those emotions, but I do want to talk about what three things I believe were key to my ability to cultivate more happiness in my life. So here we go. Number one, I took a long, hard look at my aversion to happiness. There was a time in my life that I was so bothered by the word happy that if someone had been so bold as to ask me, are you happy, I would have said no reflexively. Corey, are you happy? No. It wouldn't have mattered if in the moment I was or was not happy. In my mind, it was just better to not be happy, to not get my hopes up lest I be crushed again. My spirit was obviously deflated completely by my experiences that I had had And I'm not exactly sure what my reasoning was here or where I got the idea that it was safer to just be miserable. I'm sure that deep down, it was something along the lines of, if I'm not happy, then I can't have my happiness taken away from me. You can't take something from me that I don't have. And because it definitely did not feel like happiness was something I could create or sustain for myself, it was this magical outside force that I had no control over. And I know I'm not the only one who has experienced this aversion to happiness. My friend was just telling me that she has an app that she uses on her phone, and it asks her to log her mood every day. And if she has the audacity to say she's in a good mood, it will follow up with the question, why do you feel good? As if, account for your happiness. (laughs) And it gives her eight choices, and she says that she usually picks grateful or hopeful, even if the answer is happy. She has an aversion to choosing the word happy, so she never picks it. She'll just pick grateful or hopeful instead. So maybe you do too. We could do a little role play right now. I'm going to ask you if you're happy, and you can answer me honestly. Are you ready? Here we go. Are you happy? Now, what did you feel when I said that? Did your body tighten or pull back? Did you feel any part of your mind reject the idea? And of course, you might have a very logical reason for being unhappy. Things happen in life that make us miserable. That is a true fact. But if you were not averse to happy, you might have just uttered something like a sad little no or not today. But you wouldn't necessarily feel that pulling back, that pulling away. Because that's what I'm talking about when I say aversion. For me, it was certainly a pulling away. And I had to ask myself why. 
why did I reject the idea of being happy? Because I could never hope to be happy if I refused to even approach the idea of my own happiness. And so my road toward happiness began when I started to look at that aversion. When I began to ask myself helpful questions like, why does happiness scare me? Why am I afraid to be happy? What do I think is going to happen if I dare to be happy for two seconds? What would it take for me to relax in happiness? And the answers and questions will vary for everyone, but for me, it was just about acknowledging that my fear of happiness came from the fact that every time I started to experience even a little bit of happiness and peace growing up, something terrible would happen. Someone would end up in jail or get beat up or disappear. And when I was older, it would be I fell in love, but then I'd get cheated on or my heart was broken. It was always after that first glimmer of happiness that something bad would happen. And so that first glimmer of happiness became a trigger, a warning bell, that misery was just around the corner. And it took me a minute to figure out that that's what was going on so that I could start working on alleviating that fear and working through it and shedding that trigger so it no longer affected me in that way, so I was no longer triggered by happiness. And if you want more information on how to work with fear and anxiety, you can revisit the episodes 13 on anxiety and episode 15 on overcoming fear. And also episode 21 on tight spaces because aversion, this pulling back, is also a tight space that many of us have to work through. And so after I started looking at my aversion to happiness, the second thing that I started to do was tackle complaining. It became my goal to stop complaining. Now, am I a saint who never whines or cries or complains about her life? Absolutely not. Just ask my poor wife Kim, who gets nagged almost daily about how messy she is. But even though I can still nag about her messiness, the truth is that in the past, I complained about everything. Not just about messiness. I walked around this world as if absolutely nothing was the way I thought it should be. My discontent with myself, with the world, with my situation was made apparent every time I opened my mouth. It took me a while to realize how negative I was and to reach a place of compassion and understanding around why I was complaining so much. I was complaining because I was miserable, obviously, and I wanted my life to change, but complaining only feeds misery. It doesn't actually fix anybody's problems. It only makes the problems look bigger and more insurmountable. It never changes anything. Complaining rewires our brain for negativity and pessimism. It trains us to see the bad in the world and in ourselves. So how in the world can we be happy if all we see is the negative? So complaining was counterproductive to my goal of building a mind that could register and enjoy happiness. So in addition to addressing my aversion to happiness, and breaking the habit of complaining, the third most helpful thing I did that moved the dial toward happiness was learning how to be in the present moment. And like complaining, this is probably something I'm going to work on for the rest of my life because the human mind, at least in my limited experience, seems to be flitting all over the place all of the time. We're either in the past ruminating about our mistakes or bad things that happened or wallowing in the glorification of better days. Or we're in the future, pushing and striving and hoping for a time when things will be different than they are now. But joy lives in the present moment. That expansive feeling of happiness and wonder and wholeness only exists in the present moment. So if we want to experience it, we have to also learn to be in the present moment. 
Part of doing that is removing the obstacles that keeps us running around, but the other part is learning to stay, building up the habit of becoming comfortable with who we are and where we are at this point in time. And one of the best tools for learning how to stay is mindfulness. The great thing about mindfulness is that you can do it anywhere at any time. You can listen to this mindfully, you can sit mindfully, you can walk mindfully, you can wash your dishes mindfully, you can get ready for bed mindfully. It's just about learning how to be mindful. And if you want some ideas about how to be mindful, that's coming up next week. So in the meantime, you can work on not complaining. And trust me, that will keep you plenty busy in the meantime, because I cannot be the only one who finds it so hard not to complain. So that's it. Those are my three tips for moving toward greater happiness. Address any aversion to happiness, stop complaining, and be mindful. So let's end here for today. As always, I hope you found something of value in today's episode, and I want to thank you so much for listening, and I will be back next week, but until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.